Madonna. Wanna play? Right, right now? Right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm gonna ask you. Have you ever been fucked up the ass? Well, you gotta ask Truth me more first. Truth or dare? Dare. I... <laughs> hey, unzip your pants and take your dick out right now. <laughs> Christine, isn't it? Isn't it? Good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. A trip down memory lane. 29 years ago, Madonna dared us with truth or dare to play. Her 1990 Blonde Ambition Tour. That was Madonna at her zenith. 30 years ago and since then ah, Madonna I don't want to I'm you know we're not gonna we're not gonna drag her down she could do that herself and she has with very less than exciting albums but truth or dare is the moment and this is about documentaries music documentaries this is where it's at and for the month of December, the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, we're going to talk about music documentaries all the way to December 31st. That's right. Everyone from Madonna to Motorhead to Janis Joplin, Nina Simone, Wu-Tang. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. The Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Who, funnily enough, did Madonna's songs when she was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Madonna. Pop star. Provocateur. Shocker. Yes. What what else can I say? Why is it doing this? Okay. No, turn it down. What else can I say about Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone? We're going there. Yeah, we're going there. Mm. 30 years ago Madonna asks If I can say his name right Truth or Dare is One of the many It's not the most successful One of the many successful Music documentaries And documentaries in general Okay this 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 is a pivotal moment, people. And that's why we're talking about music documentaries. If we can say his name. Open main menu. Open main menu. Combine shape. Sir. 
Okay, Siri doesn't want to cooperate. So. Alec Kasishian. the director, wrangler of Madonna's Truth or Dare. With a budget of $4.5 million, it made $29 million when it was released May 10th, 1991. At running at 122 minutes, is that enough Madonna for you? Oh yes, we've we introed it with how she plays Truth or Dare, which is very provocative. It's Madonna. Come on, even Cher herself once said, "Well, she does the same thing that I do, but a little better." But she's rude at it, and and yeah, Madonna can be very rude, but she can also be very entertaining. And in Truth or Dare, oh my! In fact, you know, in two thousand and five, she tried. To do Truth or Dare, the sequel, and it didn't work. It was called I'm Going to Tell You a Secret, or as I'd like to call it, What Else Are You Here to Talk About? 2004 Madonna, 2005 Madonna. You know, she was a married mother of four, and times were a little lenient and musically, shall we say. You know, like I said, I'm not I'm not here to dog Madonna. That's Lady you know, late she's got a beef with Lady Gaga. A lot of us aren't happy about that, but we're here to talk about Truth or Dare. Madonna. The dancers, the dancers even had their own say years later. You know, Madonna and the dancers were all chummy at first and hey, what happened? What happened? Truth or Dare was screened out of the competition at the 1991 Cannes Film Festival and was given a limited release on May 10th, 1991. Two weeks later, it had its worldwide release. It opened to positive reviews, although certain scenes, such as one where Madonna visits her mother's grave, were criticized. Hello. Madonna was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Actress. With a worldwide gross of $29 million, it was the highest grossing documentary of all time. Until, drumroll, Bowling for Columbine surpassed it in 2002. Truth or Dare has been noted as a groundbreaking film for its casual portrayal of homosexuality and was compared to the documentary Paris is Burning. It also had an impact on reality television and celebrity culture, inspiring parodies and other music-related documentaries. Lawsuits have ensued, yes. Mm. Madonna. My goodness, this movie First of all, it opens with her And she's talking about the end of the tour And and how it feels like a death in the family to her Well, you know, she's Madonna She does take things a little dramatic at times You will see in this documentary And then it opens with her in, in Japan where she's freaking out. I can't repeat what she said because now it actually is considered very offensive what she says. I think at the time it was considered offensive. And I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Okay, I'll say it. You know what she says? It's really fucked up. She says, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I have Japonitis. That's why. She said that. If she had said that now, she would have been canceled. Just imagine that, okay? 
just imagine it. I want to apologize to my Japanese American friends, my Japanese listeners, for saying that Madonna, you need to you need to apologize. You need to get bleeped now. But it's truth or dare. The rest of it is not bleeped. If you've ever seen it on regular television, they bleep it. There's a lot going on in Truth or Dare. One of my favorites. This is when you know you're in for an interesting ride. In Truth or Dare, in bed with Madonna. Madonna, as her daddy calls her. Um, oh, he's in there too. The whole family, even stepmother. Yeah, <sighs> gotta take a deep breath. So it's funny. It opens with Madonna, and she's singing along. Yes, to a backing track of "Papa Don't Preach," and the sound is just to quote her, "fucked up." Okay, and there's this feedback, and she's like, "Keith, you motherfucker, hello." There doesn't need to be all this feedback If we have the feedback then I'm not doing a show And the dancers are all like Uh oh she's getting pissed Yeah So it's a lot of meltdowns This is basically tantrums Tantrums and tiaras before tantrums And tiaras The Elton John story This is Madonna Or as her dad calls her Madonna Because you know she's from the Midwest Yeah Madonna At the time the one who was running her production Her stage production And everything was her brother Christopher Ciccone Christopher Ciccone was later let go After uh, Madonna married The very homophobic Guy Ritchie According to him Those are his words not mine Okay, So it's not It's You can take it out of context But that's from Christopher Ciccone I would love to have him on the show And when I record this who knows Maybe he'll appear on it Because we're really going to record this, okay? My God, Madonna. We can't have any of the musical numbers in here because I can't afford the, the, you know, the sample or whatever they call it. Um, But we're going to play some controversial moments like this one. She's lucky that bottle didn't break. She swallows. Yes. Oh, yes. We're going to revisit many of those moments. Like I said, we can't play the musical numbers. We can't play Vogue. I could do an interpretive moment of Vogue for you, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want her coming after me. Okay. You know, I mean, she's got enough joint juice to last her. You know, she she moved to Portugal to which my grandmother, if she were alive, probably would have said, what, the Azores weren't good enough for you? You know, she moved to Lisbon, you know, because that's where that's where everyone goes if they want to be cool. They want to go to Lisbon, okay? My family is not from Lisbon. They're from the islands. They're from the Azores, okay? My, my family are island people. They don't, they don't back down from shit, okay? But, you know, if you want to go to Lisbon... 
and you want to be Madonna, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Truth or dare. Oh, we could play that right now, Madonna, huh? couldn't we? Madonna is a provocateur. As a child of the 80s, I was born right smack dab at the end of 1980, coming soon in a couple of weeks. Oh my, it's been a fun ride, but enough about that. <laughs> and I'm too young to join the AARP. Um, Madonna, I can remember the first time. Oh yes, well, I say that very laughingly. The first time, it was not just like a virgin. Who knows? Um, it must have been 1984, the first time I heard Borderline or Holiday. I can't remember the first time I heard Like a Virgin. I was very young. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Um, Material Girl, Open Your Heart. My my late babysitter, may she rest in peace, Francine. Oh my goodness, what, what an amazing person. Um... She was the one who first played me, Papa Don't Preach. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. So while while we do make fun and conjole and, you know, parody Madonna, you know, there was a moment in time when Madonna was huge. She was huge for her music, for her being, you know, provocative, for opening new doors. I mean... You know, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, when he asked, he was asked about Madonna, you know, Like a Virgin was a controversial song, you know, Touch for the very first time. You People weren't doing songs like that at that time, okay? And in truth or dare, she takes it to the cake. So what happens is, is she's going to do Like a Virgin on stage. Well, she's been... There have been reports coming around that she masturbates on stage to Like a Virgin. And she does. It's a form of expression. Hey, it's Madonna. It's the 90s. It's gay. Come on, let's go. Uh, and so they're in, in Toronto. And her brother comes in and said, the police are here. And they said, if you do the masturbation scene, they're going to arrest you. And she's like, good, let's see what they do. And she, he says, they will do it. And she's like, what, what, I can't, I can't find the clip. Otherwise I would, well, actually, wait a minute. That's not true. I mean, here, here's, here's the thing. I will always have respect for her at the beginning of the career. Right now, no. Right now, she, she basically has diarrhea of the mouth. Okay. Right now, I would not touch Madonna. But back then, that's why when people were like, oh, you want to go see her in concert? Do I want to go see now Madonna or do I want to go back in, a, in, in, in the TARDIS of Doctor Who, go back in time and go see 1990 Madonna? Because I was like 10. Yeah. Okay. I could just imagine my parents. Yeah, we're going to, I'm 10 years old and I'm good. We're going to go see Madonna. Uh, you need a chaperone. No. No. I, I don't even think I was into Madonna at 10. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I knew of her songs and I thought, oh, okay, I like that one. And, you know, I like I liked Like a Prayer. I really, I, would, I wasn't raised religious. I just liked Like a Prayer. I, I thought I'd throw that out there, you know. Um, 
let's find it. I think we've stumbled. Oh, this is probably one of my favorite scenes because, you know, Madonna, she'll take it there. She'll take it to the hilt. And in truth or dare, she lays it. I mean, she is playing to the camera for real. And Warren Beatty says to her at one point, this basically um, gives us, this is the future when Warren Beatty says, she doesn't want to live off camera. It's like social media now. She doesn't want to live off Instagram. Instagram is the truth or dare of social media. Madonna, you created it. You gave birth to it. You gave birth to many of us, you know, Madonna and child. I, I'm sure her mother and father were p- really playing with us when they named her after the mother of, you know, the Lord. See how I said the Lord Because I, I like I said I wasn't raised religious It's really funny When people explain some of it to me And I'm like really dogma Arf yeah You know but um I don't step on anyone's toes in that aspect Hey if, if you want to be religious It's cool and Madonna was able To play with it especially In truth or dare I love how they Considered her show a rock show <laughs> Okay Alright but she is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's not in the dance. Well, is she in the Dance Hall of Fame? I'd have to ask her. Madonna, are you talking currently? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, at the time of Truth or Dare, Madonna was making the movie Dick Tracy. Basically, she's breathless. And, yeah, she was dating Warren Beatty, or he was dating her to keep her in the movie. He also makes an appearance in Truth or Dare. Here we go. Get ready. Um, the police are here. And, uh, no, this just in. They say that you can't do the masturbation scene tonight, otherwise you'll be arrested. Really? Huh? Oh, good. Let's see what Look happens. Look at that. <laughs> they will do it. Well, what will they do? Jump on stage? No, they'll wait till after the show. Oh, we'll rest you after the show. Are you guys serious? I'm serious. Totally serious. Clay just is down there with Freddie. So what's considered masturbation? When you stick your hand in your crotch. But then another one of our options is to cancel the show. Choose that option. It's your choice. We don't have to. We don't have to play. We're asking for that opportunity, sir. And it's your choice. Whatever you want to do. So it's, it's in your hands. Well, then will we have to pay we have a to fine? cancel the show. No. No, they'll probably take you. They probably take you to the station. They probably write you a ticket. You have to pay a fine. Yeah. And you'd be in the papers. You'd be in every paper. You'd probably take you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing my fucking show. I think I need uh, some legal advice from a Canadian attorney well, before I make a decision. Why don't you come and talk to me without even getting you're lying. I'm not lying. I am not lying. I swear to God. The police are there, and there's a representative from the DA's office. And two plainclothes policemen saw the show really? yesterday. And they said immoral live performance. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me, Chris. Well, I might scare you when there's police standing down there. See, did you guys hear? That the police are here? Why? If I touch my crotch during the show, I'm going to be arrested. Are you what? serious? What? Oh, they they arrested Bobby Brown for fucking on stage. Did they? They arrested him for fucking on stage. That's called jealousy. I hope he's in jail when I get there. The question is, So... She hopes he's in jail when she gets there because, you know, supposedly 
in Bobby Brown's autobiography, he had a relationship, a sexual relationship with Madonna. Supposedly. Allegedly. I don't know. He That's what he claims. She, I don't know if she's refuted it. Also, Janet Jackson. Yeah, let me take you on an escapade, Bobby Brown. That's just yuck. But anyway, you know, he was Don't Be Cruel. Um, truth or dare. That's what's going on. So for the day, she was controversial. Where now, it's kind of like, oh, okay. All right. You know, so she, yeah, she she opened some doors of controversy. And I'm glad that she did. And in Truth or Dare, she has two male dancers kissing. And that really, that's a moment. That's a moment. And she's even excited, you know. And you got to give it to Madonna in that aspect, you know. It opens with Express Yourself because, you know, it's the Blonde Ambition Tour. And that's what she dares you to do is to express yourself, you know, because she's like a virgin. She's touched for the very first time and she wants to touch her audience. And she does that in Truth or Dare. Okay. And the dancers are the equally entertaining. This is like the Partridge Family X, X-rated edition. Okay. This is, this is, this, this, I've seen bits and pieces of the Partridge family, you know, and Madonna basically is, you know, the, um, the, uh, what, what was her name? Was it Shirley Knight? I think Shirley Knight. Yeah. The Partridge family. I don't know who Susan Day is in this, but, <laughs> um, a couple of the dancers could be David Cassidy, Shirley Jones. Yes, yeah, Shirley Jones. Madonna basically is the Shirley Jones of Truth or Dare, you know, because she considers these dancers her children. Yes. But and eventually has a relationship with one of them. Isn't that kind of incestuous? But anyway, so was the Partridge family. <laughs> We're having fun. It's Madonna, Truth or Dare. This is going to be a long one. And that's... Uh, you know that's what she says to one of the dancers at one point they're they're in bed with her talking to her and she's like and one of them he catches her and she's like oh your dick is big (laughs) we're gonna have fun on this podcast don't play this for the kids trust me they shouldn't even be watching madonna truth or dare i mean there's there's several you know madonna truth or dare in bed with madonna madonna donna del del Delory, Nikki Harris, Warren Beatty, even Kevin Costner. Oh, there's a moment with Kevin Costner. We're going to dive into that in part two of our conversation of Truth or Dare in bed with Madonna. We're even going to have some guests. This is going to be a long show, okay? I'm preparing it. Don't worry. You know, um, it, this is basically the blonde ambition 30 years later. I'm not Madonna, but hey, you know, give me a blonde wig and, you know, um, the cone bra and maybe, uh, I mean, hey, you know, I masturbate. I think every, I think everyone does now. And that's what I like about Madonna. She brought it out into the open. Everyone masturbates. Yes, everybody. My God. I mean... I didn't do what she did in Truth or Dare, where she's on the bed basically humping it, you know. Um, yeah. Provocative. And, you know, and this is set, a, it's 
there's the backdrop of the songs, you know, Vogue, Where's the Party, Keep It Together, um, Open Your Heart. There's a really great moment where she's doing Live to Tell in Italy and they basically want to shut the show down. And she's, you know, and so she says she's an Italian American and she's proud of it. She was also French Canadian. So, you know, I'm supposedly related to Celine Dion. I'm giving you all these tidbits. Okay. Truth or dare. The first time I watched it, Hey, I was like, okay. I, I had, I, I wasn't really into her. Here's the thing. And then she has the baby, you know, it's like, oh my God, Evita, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina, I need a Grammy, yeah, that's what happens. And so she puts out this really great album called Ray of Light, and then I, I became an official fan, and I was like, oh, I gotta back, I gotta buy all the back catalog, but Ray of Light for me, oh my God, that's just an amazing album. So... Truth or dare. I mean, you think of Madonna, Truth or Dare to Ray of Light. A lot has happened. A lot has kind of declined. Record sales, no number one hits. You know, hadn't she hadn't at that point she hadn't toured since 1993. So she was very rusty. But you know, when you add a little joint juice, maybe get a couple of hip replacements, you know, some GHB or HGB, throw that into the mix, and you've got Madonna in the 2000s. Oh, my God. Someone's going to get pregnant. But someone does. But, you know, that's this is before Truth or Dare, you know. Oh, no, this is after Truth or Dare. Madonna, Truth or Dare versus Madonna now are two different people. If you count the facelift, which her brother has said. But Truth or Dare truly is a classic film documentary remember at at one point it was the biggest selling film documentary and then bowling for columbine eclipsed it which is good but as a music documentary it stands alone because you gotta understand the fame of madonna the music associated with the music videos you know it's 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 truly it's truly a moment encapsulated by the blonde ambition we'll be back after these messages stay tuned dr zeus film podcast for the month of december good evening and we're back dr zeus film podcast madonna's truth or dare here we go. I'm trying to turn Juan into a vegetarian. I told him I wouldn't have his baby unless he was a vegetarian. Not! The light's good here, don't worry. Yeah, I think it's good if you lie down. That's Al Pacino. Hello, hi. That's Manny Patankin. Hello, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you. Oh, Los Angeles was hard that way. I mean, I've always found it a little weird that celebrities assume a friendship with you just because you're a celebrity, too. It can get kind of awkward. Warren, thanks you all for coming. 
Hi. You were great. Thank you. You were great. Thanks for having us. I was really oh, sure. generous. We, Thanks for coming. We thought it was neat. Yeah. Neat? Yeah, really neat. Yeah. No one's ever described it quite that way. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Thanks Have fun tonight. Thank you. I don't think we'll be making that other deal. Oh, really? Not yeah. neat enough for you? Nah, well, not, not quite. No, no. It's, it's, we got to put the kids. we got to get give with the kids. Okay. I'm going to give them this. All right. Thanks. God bless. Thanks. Neat. Anybody who says my show is neat has to go. And you know, she paid for that. I think later she apologized to him. <laughs> oh my goodness. Little brat. Or as her friend calls her, little shit. So. You know, there's so many, I mean, there are moments of this movie I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's it's interesting. And it, it just, it just makes you go, you're friends with her? I mean, you know, there's, there's a bit of transparency, transparency on her part and on, you know, um, like her friend says, can we sit down? And Madonna's like, I really can't. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I can understand where people refer to her as rude because she does come across as rude. You know, um, she's good at making press and um, I'm looking for it. I mean, there there are truly some moments in Truth or Dare that you'll never forget. Um, it, it it truly was a look inside. I think you know it was an honest portrayal. I I don't think she will ever be able to um, eclipse it. And you know she tried she tried to do it with I want to tell you the truth or I want to tell you a secret. And it's like, you know what? No. Oh, here we go. Is this it? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. If I can find it. Here we go. It's true. You know who she reminds me of, Chris? Oh. Sharon reminds me of the McFarlands. Maureen McFarlane. Hello. Hi. Yeah. You guys. No, they're a nice family. But if you think our family's wacky, I won't say any more. <laughs> there was a time about 10 years ago that I was in Colorado and I was going to make my way to New York to see her because I knew she was in New York. And uh, um, I never made it. And I was a dancer on the road, but I was a different kind of a dancer. I was a topless dancer. And I was real heavy into the drugs. But Myra McFarlane taught me how to shave my legs. Oh, you're indebted. Let me borrow her stuffed bra. Showed me how to use tampons, not very well, I might add. And taught me how to make out. <laughs> Madonna, I did not teach you how to insert a tampon. And if, and if we got in bed together naked, I don't remember that. She said she was never in bed naked with me. She's such a liar. 
She's got an active imagination, though. She's a downline. Did she say she finger-fucked me? No. I remember looking at her bush. I know. See what happens when you take drugs and alcohol. I mean, you really, I mean, I lose a lot of stuff. I remember the crack in her parents' bed because it was two beds pushed together. And I remember I fell through the crack. You know, because we were jumping up and down on the bed too much. Naked. The last time I really saw her before, um, before she became a star or whatever, um, was when I was in 10th grade. Where's my idol? Where's my idol? I don't know if I'm nervous. I just, I, I just want to see Madonna. Recognize me? No, I didn't know you were coming out. I don't have my glasses on. I can't see. So, how are you? When you see the show, you'll forgive me for not talking to you. Oh, it's I, really difficult. So. I, I know. I, well, listen. I got five boys, or I four. I got to ask you something. Can, can we sit down? I can't sit down. I'm really okay. sorry. Why? I, I hate. To, I hate to do this in front of. About four years ago, I wrote you a, a letter. Mm -hmm. You've never received any of my letters, and I asked you if. Um, you would be Mario's godmother. Yes, okay. I remember that. Did you read the letter? I got it real a long time after, after the fact. It. Well, very unexpectedly, uh -huh. real unexpectedly, yeah. I'm pregnant again. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God! Please. Please. Okay. I have okay. I want. I want you to be. I want you to be the baby's godmother. Really? I really do. Does are, you're coming to the show tonight, right? Mm -hmm. And Melissa has all your phone numbers. Mm -hmm. I know this is too like a rushed, too much rushed of a situation. I'm really flattered that you're asking me, but I have to think about it. Okay. Okay. But that's really sweet what. Of you. What? It, it has nothing to do with religion or anything. I know. With, it has to do with spirituality. <laughs> do I get to decide on the name? Okay. Okay. As long as it's the same as yours. Okay. Except, except that. That's why you've got to bless this child. Please bless this child and say she well, needs I would bless a girl. It anyways. She needs a girl. All right. Have a girl. Have a girl, Moira. <laughs> have a girl, I, Madonna. That's... I gotta go. Come out, a girl, and we're gonna call you Madonna. All right. Hey, give me a kiss and a hug. I love you. I hope you like the show. I, I have something for you. Is that the painting? Yeah. I'm gonna put it in my room. Clay, come on. Okay. I love this painting, by the way. Thank you. Thanks. I put it in my room. I love you too. And you call me after the tour. I will. Okay? All right. You promise? I promise. Okay. Bye. I love you, Madonna. I love you too. Little shit. Oh yeah. When you're when someone that you grew up with can say that, she's made it. You little shit. Oh my goodness, Madonna, Madonna, what are we doing here, huh? Little brat, that's what she is, you know. But like I said, it's it's Madonna. There there are some really funny moments within Madonna, Truth or Dare. I'm gonna play them for you now. You know, we can't we can't play the music. Let's see if it will queue up. You know, um, we were going to have a guest. I'm not sure yet. Just, you know, her take on the material girl. Madonna doesn't even like that title. Bite <laughs> <laughs> your tongue. Do you have any, any simpler earrings than these? No. Ooh, they make you look beautiful. Earrings don't make people look beautiful. 
Money makes people like Peter Mook. Hello, Gautier. Listen, I told you. Hi, who's this? I'm fine. Yeah, can I help you? Okay. Would you like anyone in particular? Okay, what's your name? Chanelta? Oh. Chanelta needs a sales girl downstairs now. all of my sinning I needed a partner in crime you could say so I went on a search and I started to pray I walked into my manager's office one morning I was mouthing out loud in my usual form as my eyes toured the room my poor heart skipped a beat for there in the corner was the picture of sweet <laughs> She was glued to the phone. She was bathed in pastels. Her leap press-ons were sitting. They were, they were longer than hell. I turned and I winked and I said, Hey, Miss Muffet, you think you can work for a bitch? Can you tough it? I'm gagging. No way. Get me out of this stuff. find a new girl to pump. <laughs> so the rest is like history, legend, okay? You want to hear this? She don't play it that way. How can I thank you, my sweet Melly Mel? You pick up my shit and my undies that smell. <laughs> you, <laughs> you shield me from assholes and take all their calls. You buy me my Tampax and rubbers and all. <laughs> Size large. You... <laughs> now you can't count on much in this life. I should know. But I guess I got lucky. I found me a pro. She still lives in the valley. <laughs> but her press-ons are gone. <laughs> she still goes out with jocks, but she sips Dom Perignon. <laughs> Well, without you, I'm nothing. I'm gagging, Miss Thing. <laughs> if you ever leave me, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. <laughs> yep. That's some of the moments within Truth or She's giving a, a birthday poem to her assistant, Melissa. I don't know what happened to Melissa. If you can find out, tell me. <laughs> Here we go. The Partridge Family World Tour. Sort of. Will you play my record? I'm trying to fucking mind, okay? <laughs> 
Yep. Lot, a lot's going on. We're, I'm sampling it for you. Madonna, truth or dare. You know how many times I've seen this fucking documentary? Come on. It's a classic. There's a reason why it was the highest make. Here we go. Then I have to freak, freak Spanish in English. Motherfucker, to a world tour, year 2025. <laughs> like, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I got the moves, baby. You got the lotion. They don't even let Jaja Gabor in there sometimes. <laughs> why not? Because she's a cochon. Yep. All the fun. There's there's some moments like this. I, I don't want the lyrics in there. I don't want Madonna to come after me because then if she comes after me, it's with that with that. She was it. She wears now. Um, uh, the grill. Why would you wear a grill at this point? Yeah. Here we go. One of my favorites. Better and better. So let us just have one more great show where everybody kicks ass and has a great time. I'm fucking pissed. Okay. Around halfway through Europe, my bubble burst. I started hearing reports from Italy that the Vatican was trying to ban my show. And so that's what happened. So it's Madonna saying she's an Italian-American and she's proud of it. I, d- I don't want to, because the song Live to Tell is in it, I don't want her to come after me. You know, we're just, we're just playing around with these clips here. You know, it's, it's, it's a legendary documentary. This, this is not Celine Dion, okay? Can you just imagine that? Truth or dare, Celine Dion? No. Yeah, then, then we'd, it would really be coming back to us all now. We're having, we're having a little fun tonight. And I'm going to play, if I can do it, There's a there's a controversial moment. <laughs> oh, my favorite! This is this is the beginning of the documentary. Yeah, here we go. And um, there's a lot of feedback. And here we go. The level up here is not that loud, and there's no reason for all this feedback. If we can't get it to sound better than this, then I'm not doing a show. So someone who knows about sound better come up here and explain something to me. I'm waiting. She's getting thin. Yep. So many moments, so little hair dye. Oh, Madonna, 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 Louise, Veronica, Ciccone. Um, yeah. You know, there's her moments with her family. And we're, we're getting there. Here we go. 
if it if it's gonna play, you know, I mean, by the power invested in Wi-Fi, I pronounce us ready to come on scene, hurry. You know, this is what. Here we go. Okay, I'm done with that now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I tell you, that was harder to do that show than the police in Toronto. I was more afraid of what my actions would result in. Ken. I ready for that? Dad, you can come in, but I gotta get dressed. Come on in. Hi. I gotta take off my side clothes. Hi. 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 Oh, God. Sorry. Stop. Sorry. Let me change, okay? Sure. Did you like the show? It was great. Really? It was very good. What? It was wonderful. Let me touch you in Scott. It was great. Okay. Da 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 da. Da da da. Da da da. Woo! I didn't expect a happy birthday. Oh, man. I tried not to start bawling in front of everybody, you know. hard to sing and cry. Now you know why I'm wiped up. Well, just watching it. I mean, it's exhausting just watching everything that's going around. Oh, I can't do this for another two months. I'm sure you believe that's over, though. Huh? That one's over. That was a big one. <laughs> I'm so tired. I thought, geez, the minute you turn your head, <laughs> this stuff is all lit and on the stage. I'm getting a touch-up. Take a shower, ready? I never oh. thought I'd see you bow at your father's foot. Right. I thought that was great. I never yeah, I was, thought I would I was, either. I was honored. <laughs> a, little, a little taken back, but honored. Well, I thought I had to make up for the fact that I didn't go shopping for a birthday present. <laughs> Weren't the sets beautiful? Oh, and Chris do a great job? Mm-hmm. Aren't my dancers great? It was, it was all great. A couple of little scenes there were a little... X-rated. You can do without. Right. Burlesque. Dad, burlesque. you don't understand. Burlesque. They all lead to something. Arty. I know they're arty. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> art. It's got nothing to do you with art. It's, it's the journey that you go on. It's, 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 um, you get on this train at the beginning. You have to stay on to the end. Exactly. You, you take a journey. It's uh-huh. cathartic. <laughs> you can't get to one place without going to another place. I understand. That's right. It's like growing up. It's like growing up. Yep, that's what my show was like. Growing up, she's growing up on stage, right? My brother's gonna come. Like all people, even Madonna has a dysfunctional family. It began with the death of her mother in 1963 when her mother was 30 something years old. And the stepmother, who was the housekeeper, came into the fray and boom! The Brady Bunch was born. Even in Madonna, you know? So, Madonna, truth or dare, Madonna, truth or dare. I mean, what else can we say about Madonna, truth or dare? Well, she's got a lot of friends in this documentary, including one um, Sandra Bernhard, whom I don't know, I don't think they're really friends anymore, you know, but it's Mashuga. You know, she was pretty cool. I'm so desperate. For what, honey? For some fun. What's it's all fun work. Do I have? Well, this is fun to me. Well, then, I mean, all I do is hang out with everybody in the show after a while. It gets boring. Who do you want to meet next? <sighs> Who do I want to meet next? 
It would really blow you away. I think I met everybody. <laughs> There's gonna be one person. It would really blow me away. Mm-hmm. Would really rock your world. <laughs> Oh, the guy that's in all of Pedro Almodovar's movies. Antonio Bandaras. Antonio Bandaras is this Spanish actor that I've had a crush on for two years. He he's in all of Pedro Almodovar's movies, and I love Pedro's movies. And so I I see I've seen every movie that Antonio's ever done, and I have to say he's one of the few actors, movie stars, or whatever that I I was really dying to meet. So. We get to Madrid, and it turns out that Pedro wants to throw this big dinner party for me. So, you know, of course, Antonio's going to be there. And so here I am. I'm, I spend the whole week psyching myself up for this party that I'm going to go to. And I've, I've got it all worked out in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Antonio fall madly in love with me. Only there was this one rather major obstacle that I'd never really counted on. His wife. You want? I've been wanting to meet Antonio for years. I finally get to meet him, and he's married. That's one of life's little fuckovers. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm just kidding. You're not. can we say about you you little brat you little brat i mean well she is short you know she's she's very little um yeah here's a moment yeah get it done get the job done god damn it oh my god i'm getting a hard on okay a female hard on as she watches two men kiss Dare. What? Dare. <laughs> um. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> She's been trying to see the boys. You feel better now? Mm-hmm. Here, Madonna's Vegas show. <laughs> How do we think of people that have body parts that are real? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but we love you person. anyway, Madonna. But that's <laughs> titties are bona fide the real thing. Who said about anything about titties? Oh, you mean my hair? No. 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 Keep going. It's not real. Everything's real on you. They just don't think so. I think so. Everything's real. I'm real. I really 
Except for the pearls. They are too real. All of them. Madonna can't afford real pearls. Madonna can't afford real pearls. Madonna can't afford real pearls. Now I'm rich. I can have anything I want. She's married. Do we want to be accepted by Hollywood? No. Do we care what people think of us? No. Do we want people to kiss our ass? Yeah. 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 We do. Okay, but do we want to have an R rating or an X rating? There we have it. There you go. X for extra fun. You know, it didn't get an X rating like she wanted. We'll leave that to her video for Erotica from her 1992 Erotica. Neurotic, neurotic, put your hands all over her album. And the sex book that was released at the same time. It became a form of Madonna overload, but we have Truth or Dare as a moment in time 30 years ago, the Blonde Ambition Tour. And it makes me think of this SNL moment where Sarah Gilbert was hosting and her parents were trying to take her on vacations and they're like, oh, look, there's Madonna. You love Madonna, honey. Yeah, in 1991, but she's over there having two sex, sex with two midgets. I thought you'd like that. And they end up taking her to Euro Disney. <laughs> yeah. Disturbing. Madonna, you've insinuated so much and you're almost, she's going to hate when I say this, but you know, her brother told us about the facelift, which I believe, um, you know, though, I'm surprised she hasn't gotten a vagina lift like Sharon Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne had that done to rejuvenate it. But with Madonna, I don't think we'll ever know. Madonna is like the grassy knoll in the Kennedy assassination. I know it's controversial, but come on, hear me out. Madonna is the grassy knoll because we're never going to know all of her secrets. Any which way things fly, you're not going to know. Madonna is not going to write an autobiography, a tell all. It's not going to happen. We could talk to her brother about that, Christopher Ciccone, but Christopher, there's no way to get hold of him. Um, if I had access, I'd say, hey, Christopher, come on, just tell me, tell me. I mean, he's very present in Madonna Truth or Dare. Very present. Okay. And how the relationship started to sour throughout the years. You know, he did a lot of stuff for her. He had to clean her up when she was naked. I mean, that's a little disturbing right there. You know, you would think he would do that for Madonna when she's like 95, but when they're both young, it's like, hey, Christopher, I need you to put some lotion on me. I just did a tour, bitch. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, he's got to keep the Madonna circus rolling. And I think at this point, this is Madonna has been famous for 38 years, motherfuckers. 38 years, okay? 38. That's that's almost as long as my brother's been alive. <laughs> oops. Yeah. Oops, I did it again. And here's another here's another funny funny tidbit, okay? Madonna truth or dare. And here's the thing. Truth. People thought that Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears were going to take Madonna's crown. Eh, wrong. You know who did it? 
And she never intended to take Madonna's crown, but she did it and does things a lot better than Madonna. And of course, that's Lady Gaga. But you know what? Lady Gaga loves Madonna and she loves the truth or dare documentary. Think of what this documentary did. In later times, the dancers all took Madonna to court and sued her. They later made a documentary of their own talking about her. In fact, I think one of them was in love with her. Oliver Coombs. Oh, yes. Yes. And the queens did not like that. When you've got queens on the ride and they're sitting there reading about the, you know, the National Enquirer, Madonna has left her love a warm baby for 22-year-old Oliver. He wasn't the best of dancers. You can say that again, bitch. And when the queen... The queens get ferocious, okay? That's probably why Madonna brought them on the tour with her. When the, Madonna says that to him. She says, look, you need to grow a pair because she says there's always going to be queens on the ride with me. And you got press and they got jealous, which is true, okay? So at this point, this is, this is 29 years later. Madonna, truth or dare, it still holds up. Because now we can go back a hundred years, in my opinion, and that's when Madonna was truly a star. Hey, I love the Ray of Light album. I think that's probably one of her greatest albums. Confessions on a dance floor. Okay, you're getting a little sweaty there. That joint juice is kicking in, breaks a couple of ribs. Shit. And then tries to reinvigorate the truth or dare mantra with another documentary. I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Not really, because if you're going to tell us the truth, you might as well have told us you've had a couple of facelifts. I don't know if you've had vagina rejuvenation surgery yet, but Sharon Osbourne beat you to it, Madonna. So when I look at Madonna, truth or dare, you know, these are music documentaries for the month of December. It's going to get cold, so you might as well stay in and fucking watch this shit, okay? Um, yeah, at the, at, the, at the heart of it, Madonna's got a lot of baggage. Madonna's a very rude person. Very rude. Talented, yes. She even says to her dan- dancers, look, I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best dancer in the world. But she's more about being provocative and pushing people's buttons. So she knows where the money... She's a brilliant marketeer. She knows, okay. And she you know, she can only reinvent herself so many times. She be- you know, became the material girl, the mother of free invention. And then Truth or Dare, you know, Truth or Dare cements this. And there's a moment in Truth or Dare which kind of predicted social media, okay? And Warren, Warren Beatty just hits the nail on the head. And isn't that hard to believe that right after dating Madonna, just to keep her in Dick Tracy, talk about favors, huh, he goes on. You know, Warren Beatty was a notorious bachelor, okay? After Madonna, you know what happens? He goes on to date and marry Annette Benning. So he goes from this extreme to, to you know, someone who, in a way, wants what he wants, which is a normal life, Okay? Now there's a controversial moment in Truth or Dare that we're not going to sh- we're not going to play, and that's where she's at her mother's grave, and her brother thought that the w- she was in a way exploiting their mother's death. Oh, feel sorry for me. 
And, you know, I, in a way, maybe there's a catharsis moment for, okay, that she's taking the cameras to where her mother is buried, you know? Um, but, hey, it's a documentary. That's what these documentaries do. They're showing us things behind the scenes. This this really went behind the scenes for Madonna. And as I drive up to this moment, this is a prediction, the precursor to social media. Everyone wants everyone wants to be on social media, and yes, I am too, you know. Instagram, and you know, you got to post that perfect, um, I almost said facial, but you know, that's her department. Um, selfie, I, ugh, you know. I prefer videos, because it's like, you can see me in 3D, baby. Um, so what happens is Madonna overdoes it. She's got a sore throat. She's going to the doctor. Warren Beatty, Oh my God! It's you gotta see this. Say, breathe. Great. Take a breath. This is crazy. Nobody, nobody talks about this on film? Talks about what? The insanity of doing this all on a documentary. It, it, what? A doc- well, this is a serious matter, your throat, yes? Why should I stop here? But does anyone say it? Who's anyone? Well, anyone that comes into this insane atmosphere. You realize they all feel it when they come into this atmosphere. When they come into your dressing room, when they come wherever you are, they feel crazy. Now, do they talk about it? No, they accept it. Well, why don't they talk about it? Because. But you want to think about that, don't you? No, I don't. So let's get back to my throat. Do you want to talk at all off camera? You have nothing to say. <laughs> she doesn't want to live off camera. Much less talk. That's what I think that's what it is. <laughs> There's nothing to say off camera. Why would you say something if it's off camera? And tomorrow, you're going to be so What point is there of existing? And so, like Marilyn Manson in Bowling for Columbine, where he delivers probably the moment of the movie. This is why I saved this for the last. Warren motherfucking Beatty. Okay? I'm taking on the persona of truth or dare, so that's why I'm cursing. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. I'm just kidding. I'm not rude like Madonna. Come on. But Warren Beatty basically says it right there. She doesn't want to live off camera. She doesn't want to exist off camera. If it weren't for the cameras, Madonna would be a teacher somewhere in the Midwest. You know, Bayside, Michigan. Oh, teacher Madonna. Oh, yeah, dance. Ooh, Vogue. You know, can you just imagine that? A lot, you know, things things would have been different. Maybe for the better, maybe for the worst. And, you know, and she's on social media now. She's on Twitter. She's on, I don't know about Facebook, but she's on Instagram. She's gotten in trouble on Instagram. We know through Instagram she's moved to, you know, Portugal, which I kind of think is a little crazy. Um, but, yeah, you know, 30 years ago, she didn't do all that shit. There was no social media. There was no MP3. There was no MTV. Well, there was MTV, but, you know, back then she was getting banned from MTV. Justify my love. 
Remember that? Okay. This is a year before erotica, which basically derailed her career to an extent. She had to crawl back like the salamander that she is, you know. But, you know, I'm having fun with you. I'm having fun. I'm not going to. Here's the thing with Madonna, okay. With Madonna, and I'm going to say this. If I had the ability to travel through time to see Madonna in 1990, 1991, I would do it. The current Madonna, no. Current Madonna, it, and, there, and there's nothing against current Madonna, okay? But if you look at things from that angle, I, I had a friend tell me something similar. She said, to see David Bowie in concert now, it's just not the 70s. There's not the craziness, the archaic moments, the costumes, the sexuality. And so that's what I would say about Madonna 1990 versus now. And Truth or Dare captures it. That blonde ambition, okay? Express yourself. Vogue. You know, where's the party? Live to tell. Um, like a prayer. Keep it together. You know, she ends that movie where you can feel she doesn't want to turn the camera off. And she's like, when I press this button, the camera's going to go off instantly. And then she's like, go, go away. Cut it. Cut it out. God damn it. And those are her final, and then you hear more, more that's continuous. I mean, you got to stay for the credits. She's tucking the dancers in. It is the Partridge family on LSD. That's what this is. She even says it. This is the, uh, this is the Partridge family for her. I don't know where, you know, um, what is it? What's his name? I don't know where David Cassidy is in all this. If she thinks that Warren Beatty is David Cassidy, you better bring on the Viagra train because no. Okay. Um, I know that around this time, Warren Beatty was also making Bugsy right after Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny. And he, you know, he says it. This is an insane atmosphere. But you know what? The insanity has lasted her for almost 40 years. People are still talking about her. People are still wanting to listen to her. Her last album flopped. You know? And it's sad. It's sad. I kind of... Here's the thing. I make fun of Madonna. I've been listening... She's been a part of my ears since I was maybe three or four. Okay? Borderline like a virgin. I didn't know what that was, you know. Papa don't preach. And you know, in a way I kind of feel bad for her. And here's why. You know, the anticipation is still there for the album. It's like, okay, maybe she's going to get it right this time. And it's like, and that's that's how I feel. You know, I think Confessions on a Dance Floor was her last good album. I'm not going to say that it was great, but her la- that tour, the Confessions tour, that's an amazing thing to watch. She actually brought out Lucky Star and, you know, um, Holiday, you know, um, but after that, it's kind of like you're sticky and you're sweet. Hard candy, 
you're really showing your age if you want to eat hard candy. Uh, you know, you name the album, and then you work with these people that you should have worked with in 1995. And that's my critical analysis of this. You know, and and she and she knows how to use technology to her advantage. But come on, Madonna. You and Justin Timberlake as a duo, it just didn't work. It didn't work. Just like when you had the Iggy Pop and the Stooges do your songs. Um, They did I'm Burning Up, and then they did, you know, Ray of Light. And even Madonna and Justin Timberlake looked uncomfortable, okay? Yeah. So Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, motherfuckers. Usually I don't curse on the podcast, but in this instance, it's Madonna. I'm probably going to curse again when we talk about Lemmy Kilmeister on December 24th, which would have been Lemmy's 75th birthday in rock and roll terms. That's 100 years old, okay? We're going into December tomorrow. We're going to talk. I'm going to find a documentary just in time. For Ozzy's birthday, because Ozzy is Ozzy's in his seventies. Okay, I think he's going to be seventy-two. I I am along the line, you know, uh, December babies, the second deckhand. I think that's what they call it. I'm part of uh, Ozzy's tribe, you know. I I mean, I don't have you know what he has, but hey, you know, crazy baby, yeah, crazy train right there. And then we go back to Madonna. Just thinking truth or dare, if she'd had a moment where she bit the head off a, a dove or a bat. It really was a dove. The bat thing, eh. But no, instead, you get Madonna giving head to a Coke bottle. Which I always thought was disturbing. Because what if that bottle would have broke? Would have cut her up? But she's not thinking about that. She's playing it for the camera, you know. It's like, oh, okay. And then... Her dancers ask her that pivotal question, which changed years later, or so did it, when she, they were like, Madonna, who has been the love of your life? And the other dancer's like, yo, mama. She's like, Sean, 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 um, yeah, Sean Penn, yeah, oh yeah, they're going to start a family. Maybe they'll be all right. It's the sacrifice. I'm quoting Papa Don't Preach. You know that's about Sean, okay? You know she wanted to have kids with that man. It didn't happen. And so years later, Oprah asks her, you know, in Truth or Dare, you said that Sean Penn was the love of your life. Is he still the love of your life? And Madonna's like, my daughter is the love of my life. You know, with that fake British accent. Even the British were like, go back home, Yankee. Yeah. Yeah. When Gwyneth Paltrow whips out a British accent, it's like, oh, God, throw it back. They gave her an Oscar for that, and they later became friends. I guess when you have fake British accents, you're in the same pool together, digging up dog shit. So, Madonna, this documentary has brought out, you know, the rude in me, and I apologize. Oh God, this doc! It's a it's a good it's a good documentary. It's legendary, you know. Alec Kassashian, not Kardashian. Please don't go there. Oh my God, she hung out with that woman. Ugh, ugh. That's where it's like Madonna. What are you thinking? You know, it's like we got to bring Susie Orman on here. What the fuck do you want? You know, um, 
documentary. Yeah. 1991. One hour, 59 minutes, rated R. <laughs> never seen her before. Yeah. This movie reveals her as she really is, on stage and off. <laughs> to her family of dancers, sex goddess to her millions of fans, businesswoman, singer, dancer, the biggest star in the world of music. Join at that time. It's an intimate backstage look at her blonde ambition tour. From her hotel room to her dressing room, from her stage show to her boudoir, here is Madonna, outrageous, hilarious, uninhibited, starring Madonna, Donna Delery, Nikki Harris, Warren Beatty, directors, Alec Kashishian. Alec Kashishian. I had to do that because I couldn't pronounce his name. You know, Alec. Yes, it, it holds up for about maybe 12 years. That was the biggest documentary of all time. And it was later eclipsed in 2002 by the Academy Award winning. We won't ever say that with Madonna in the same sentence. Well, you know, I'm kidding with her. Come on. Got a little Lady Gaga juice? I got some. Um, And of course, that is Bowling for Columbine. Bowling for Columbine, Michael Moore's documentary. It eclipsed Madonna's Truth or Dare in bed with Madonna. We're going to talk about a lot of documentaries this month. Yesterday we talked about Gimme give give me Danger, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, okay? I love Iggy Pop. I love the Stooges. Like I've said, I actually got up one Saturday morning, took my happy ass 24 miles away, Drove in the fog just to see this documentary. 48 minutes, rated R, HD. American filmmaker Jimmy Armush's documentary Love Letter. Jim Jarmish. Jarmish. I think it's Jim Jarmish. We're going to talk. We talked about that yesterday. It's amazing. Madonna, I have a message for you, whether or not you listen to the show, but I am going to send it to you, okay? First and foremost, I remember in 2005, you said you were going to do a jazz album. Do it right now, okay? Do it. I don't want another um, Madam X. I don't know what that was about. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. And you know what? If anything, re-release Truth or Dare in 4K. This is, this is Madonna at her best, Think of everything you're getting. I mean, she shows her boobs at one point, you know. You get her and the dancers. It sounds like I'm on QVC. You get Madonna for $5.95 of six easy payments with shipping and handling free. You get her father, Christopher, or no, his name's not Christopher. That's her brother. Christopher Ciccone. You get her stepmother. I forget her name, but who cares? You get her father, Antone Ciccone. Lourdes is not even a thought at this moment. You get her crazy life. And that moment where she grabs her crotch. Oh, yes. Wanting Antonio Banderas, the Spanish actor. Oh, yeah. You know, later they would work together in Evita. Five years later. So, don't cry for Madonna. It's truth or dare. Yeah. There are moments in this documentary that are true. I mean, you think of it. You think of the dancers, how the dancers are portrayed. You know, people didn't see gay men at this point 
in a documentary and there's this big star. The only time you've seen that is when Elizabeth Taylor, you know, is hanging out with Rock Hudson and James Dean. But that's behind the scenes. Madonna, truth or dare? It's a, it's a pivotal moment. When Madonna dies, who knows when she's 106, this is going to be her obituary. Madonna, truth or dare? That's, that's the only time you're going to get close to a biography of Madonna. She's not writing one. You think she's going to tell all of her tales? I mean, she did say, you know, live to tell. But that's a song. That's a moment, you know. (sighs) Yeah. My favorite of this documentary. You know, I think it has to be in Toronto. You know, and she's willing to do everything. And they're like, well, we're going to arrest you. And she's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to stick my finger in my crotch. And she she humps the bed and she's doing like a virgin. Of course, there's the comb bra. And then the two dancers opposite of her have also comb bras. So it's really kind of messy. Truth or dare is messy. It's messy, but it's cohesive. It's Madonna. Uncut. If you can take it. Unpleasant dreams. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast Documentary December Well, we're going to talk about the documentary of all documentaries And that of course is Don't Look Back by D.A. Pennybaker May he rest in peace Produced by John Court and Albert Grossman If you don't know who Albert Grossman is He was a manager for Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin, among others. Now, right there, don't look back. The documentary about Bob Dylan, it opens with Subterranean Homesick Blues, which, of course, is Bob Dylan's masterpiece. This covers his 1965 tour. This came out in 1967. You know, D.A. Pennybaker was an intense filmmaker, made these really great documentaries. In 1998, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. In 2014's Sight and Sound poll, film critics voted Don't Look Back, the joint ninth best documentary of all time. That's a testament to D.A. Pennybaker and Bob Dylan. A lot of people, when they hear Bob Dylan's name, they're like, "Uh uh-oh. Yes, uh uh-oh is right, because Bob Dylan doesn't play. Bob Dylan is a mysterious character. You know, if you you see him in interviews now, um, let me turn this down a little bit. I don't like how this sounds. There we go. If you listen to Bob, Bob Dylan now in interviews, okay, um, some people think that something's wrong with him, you know, because he's a very mysterious character. And he talks like that. Even even Joni Mitchell cracked at him one time. You know, she was like, and, and I love Joni Mitchell. Um, she said, 
well, you know, I wish I could talk like that too. Because how he, Bob Dylan has these different personas, you know, we talk about Tom Waits has different personas. You think of all the different lifetimes that Bob Dylan has recorded. He's made country records. He's made folk records. He's made electric records. You know, um, the way he phrases the words, you could say it was early hip hop. You know, I'm in the basement thinking about the government, the man in the trench coat. I mean, right there. Um, you know, uh, Rolling Stone was voted one of the top songs of all time. You know, and um, in an interview, Ed Bradley, may he rest in peace, asked Bob Dylan and said, you know, where did how did you write those songs? And Bob Dylan, well, you know, they were kind of magically written, you know. and And then the name itself. Bob Dylan, because his real name is Robert Zimmerman, you know, and he says, well, why Bob Dylan? He says, well, this is the land of the free. You can call yourself anything you want to here. And I've always been fascinated with Bob Dylan, mainly because of how he likes to play the media, because he knows that the media is full of shit, and he knows that. And there's an interview, I think it's in Don't Look Back, where he's being interviewed in KQED in San Francisco. And they're asking him all of these questions and he's just, and he's, and he's, and he's hip to it. He's like, uh Oh, you know, um, because you can't just say, Oh, no comment. You know, at that time in the sixties, they figured, Oh, every, everyone's a, everyone's an open book. Um, you know, and, um, I think people take what they want from Bob Dylan's songs. You know, I had a, a boss and a professor who may he rest in peace. Really interesting guy. In fact, he started out in radio in Czechoslovakia and he one time said to me, he says, you know, that is something about your country. I don't understand is Bob Dylan. And I said, well, he's a troubadour. He's not supposed to have this good, pretty voice. And a lot of the singer songwriters don't. Um, but, a lot of what Bob Dylan writes, everyone and their mother has covered it. And his songs have been taught in colleges and analyzed and broken down and deconstructed. You know, um, he he is the poet laureate of the 20th century. If you want to go back and, you know, you're an alien and you come to Earth and you're like, what was the 20th century like? Well, you can just listen to Bob Dylan songs, you know, um, uh, like a Rolling Stone one of my favorites is Maggie's Maggie's um, farm. I'm not going to work on Maggie's farm no more. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the later Bob Dylan, I got into Bob Dylan in high school and I had this, this teacher who was a real asshole. And um, I've talked about it before how I could never watch Casablanca because he talked over it as he's showing it to us. But he would play Bob Dylan, but he would play his later stuff. And so I got in Bob Dylan's, I, I got into Bob Dylan in reverse. Okay. So I'm listening to the 97 time out of mind, time out of mind. Basically what had happened was Bob Dylan was given a death sentence and had this heart ailment and he thought he was going to die. So what does he do? Oh, he's just going to record. So he records this very apocalyptic dystopian album about death. Um, I mean, there's one song on there. It's not, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Okay. You know, um, love, uh, love sick. Um, there was always a rumor. I think my teacher started this rumor that Bob Dylan wrote that about a relationship he had with Raquel Welch. 
Okay. Well, you know, he also had a relationship, or he wanted to marry um, Mavis Staples of the Staples Singers, and actually went to Pop Staples of the Staples Singers to ask for Mavis's hand in marriage. But, you know, they later remained friends. And so we're going to dive into Don't Look Back. You know, Patti Smith does a really great intro on don't look back and and hurt the significance to her that's the that's why i'm doing these podcasts is about the significance of these documentaries to you and i and patty smith you know um she's also got a documentary that we're going to talk about um you know really was revered by Bob Dylan. I mean, she, you know, some have called her the female Bob Dylan, while a professor of mine once said she's better than Bob Dylan. So, but Patti Smith, um, when Bob Dylan received, um, you know, the pull, or was it the, the Nobel Prize in literature? Patti Smith showed up because Bob wasn't going to go and get it. So this is Patti Smith on Bob Dylan, and don't look back. Oh, we can't because the music. We can't because of the music. Where's Patty though? If we have her talk, because um, copyright wise, I don't want Bob to come after me. You know, I don't want him to call me up and go, "Hey, what you doing with my songs, boy?" Yeah, I, I don't want. I, I love. Here we go. As a young person, the first album I ever had, my mother came home. She was a waitress, and she said. I bought this album for you. It looked like somebody you'd like. She brought me another side of Bob Dylan. And she was right, of course. That was it. That was it for me. I was, uh, I had found my guy. Yep. Um, and (laughs) I don't want to, it's always a problem with, you know, copyright. Here we go. And then I got into Joan Baez and I had some identification because, you know, I had hair like her and dressed like her and she was such a strong presence, political maverick. But Bob Dylan was the whole package. Yep. Bob Dylan was the whole package and we're going to dive into Don't Look Back. You know, there's another, there's another documentary on Bob Dylan, coincidentally done by Martin Scorsese. Where he talks about his his beginning, you know, why he really started to write those songs. You know, um, how he saw Buddy Holly. He talks about that a lot. How he saw Buddy Holly before the plane crash. And years later, when Bob won Album of the Year at the Grammys, he says, You know, I... I I once saw Buddy Holly playing Duluth and I was five feet away from him and he looked at me and I don't know how I can explain this, but I kind of feel he was with us during the making of this record. So he feels that the ghost of Buddy Holly is with them while they're making that record. Here we go. And that's, you know, Bob Dylan, 
a lot of it also that's not discussed in the in the documentaries he had a cocaine problem he had a speed problem you know i don't think the marijuana was doing that here's here's him with time magazine and don't look back are you gonna see the concert tonight are you gonna hear it okay you hear and see it and uh it's gonna happen fast and you're not gonna get it all and you might even hear the wrong words you know and then afterwards, see, I, can't, I won't be able to talk to you afterwards. I got nothing to say about these things I write. I mean, I just write them. I'm not going to say anything about them. I don't write them for any reason. There's no great message. I mean, if, if you know, you want to tell other people that, go ahead and tell them. But I'm not going to have to answer to it. And they're just going to think, you know, what's this Time magazine telling us? But, that, but you couldn't care less about that either. You don't know the people that read you. Because, uh, you know... Uh, I've never been in Time Magazine, and yet this hall is filled twice. You know, uh, and I've never been in Time Magazine. I don't need Time Magazine. And I don't think I'm a folk singer. You'll probably call me a folk singer, but, you know, the other people know better. Because the people that, you know, that, that buy my records listen to me know this is going to be Time Magazine. You know the audience that subscribes to Time Magazine, the audience of, of the, the people that want to know what's happening in the world week by week, the people that work during the day and can read it small. Right, and it's concise, and there's pictures in it. I mean, those kind of, you know, those a certain class of people. It's a class of people that take. And so Bob Dylan is aware of his audience, and he's aware that the media likes to fuck with his audience and him as well. And you know, this was around the time when he went electric. When he when he went electric, it was a controversial thing. You and I don't think that, but the folk community did, including Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger, who I think had a lot of issues, but wrote, you know, this land is your land, this land is my land. Well, he was, you know, they were doing the, the folk festival, and what happened was, is that Bob, Bob was, Bob was, people saw Bob Dylan as, strangely, as a musical prophet. He's singing these songs, you know, um, the times are a change in and a hard rain's gonna fall. And um, Mavis, Mavis Staples has said many times that at first she didn't think much of it. And then she starts to realize what Bob's writing is inspirational. So then what happens is Bob goes electric and he starts traveling with this band that would later become the band. And they go to the, you know, the, the folk festival and um, Bob goes electric and it's captured in Don't Look Back and, you know, in other documentaries. But people people started to scream at him you know judas and oh he's changed because a lot of a lot of music fans don't like change but because you know they this is this is their bob dylan and so what don't look back captures is this is a new bob dylan it opens with an electric of course subterranean homesick blues which is a bob dylan classic you know um I mean, uh, one of my favorites is the uh, Ballad of the Thin Man, you know, and if you listen to the lyrics, that's the, that's the beauty of Bob Dylan is those lyrics, you can, you can try to decipher them any way you want to. It may mean something different to you, um, but for me, Ballad of Thin Man, because it's this long, drawn out, and of course, um, like a Rolling Stone. You know those uh, that those that's traveling music right there. Let's dive back into. Don't look back. Seriously, 
I mean, sure, I can read it. You know, I read it. I read it on the airplanes, but I don't take it seriously. If I want to find out anything, I'm not going to read Time magazine. I'm not going to read Newsweek. I'm not going to read any of these magazines. I mean, because they just got too much to lose by printing the truth. You know that. What kinds of truths are they reading? On anything, even on a worldwide basis. They just go off the stands in a day if they printed really the truth. No, I, I don't know. This one's okay. It's fine. I don't know about this This jacket's It's a good jacket, but you know it's... It's what? Well, you have the rain if I go fall. Bob meets some gypsy fans and don't look back. That is from the Criterion Collection. Okay. So the opening scene of the film has Dylan displaying and discarding a series of cue cards bearing selected words and phrases from the lyrics to his song, Subterranean Homesick Blues, including international misspellings and puns. This was the first single from his most recent album and a top 10 hit in the UK. When he filmed it there, a fact discussed in the film. Allen Ginsberg appears in the background having a discussion with another person. You know, Subterranean Homesick Blues, that video done by D.A. Pennybaker has been been parodied so many... You know, they say that when you're parody, you, you've made it. Um, and then the film features Joan Baez, Donovan, Alan Price, who had just left the animals, Dylan's manager, Albert, Albert Grossman, and his road manager, Bob Newworth, Marianne Faithful. John Merrell, Ginger Baker of Cream, and Allen Ginsberg may also be glimpsed in the background. The film shows a young Dylan confident, if not arrogant, confrontational, contrary, but also charismatic and charming. Notable scenes include Dylan's extended taunting of Time magazine, which you just listened to, uh, London art section correspondent Horace Freeland Jetson, who was subjected to what he believes to be a contrived tirade of abuse from Bob Dylan. Dylan's interrupting Alan Price backstage performance of Little Things to ask Price why he left the animals. <laughs> Dylan and Baez singing Hank Williams songs in a hotel room, as well as Baez singing the first few verses of Percy's song, and Love is Just a Four-Letter Word, which, w- which was still apparently unfinished at the time. As Baez later tells Dylan, if you finish it, I'll sing it on a record. She would record it on Any Day Now in 1968. Dylan's pre-concert philosophical jousting with a science student, Terry Ellis, who later co-founded Chrysalis Records. Oh, my. Grossman negotiating with former bebop dance band leader and music agent Tito Burns. Dylan singing Only a Pawn in Their Game on July 6, 1963 at a voters registration rally in Greenwood, Mississippi, shot by artist and experimental filmmaker Ed Iswiller. A selection of songs from Dylan's Royal Albert Hall performance, and then Dylan regaling from the room with It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. After proclaiming, hey, 
that's a good song, man. During the Donovan performance of To Sing For You. Um, this documentary, you know, I mean, it, it's been said so many times captures Bob Dylan. You know, Bob, Bob Dylan, like I said, he's a mysterious character and he truly is a character. I mean, you think of all the different incarnations of Bob Dylan from then to now and even now he's still you know he still does it and when covid goes away you know he's going to go back on tour he's made that promise to whomever i mean he once said in an interview they said well why do you still do it and he says well you know i made a made a promise to the chief commander and it's like okay did you sell your soul or something you know and with that we go back to the crossroads and you know um, robert johnson and which a lot of people think is bullshit because you if you know i've talked to spiritualist people and and um people who have dabbled and said you can't actually sell your soul you know there it's actually a process um that we won't go into it's a little disturbing um the original title of this film is don't look back without an uh, apostrophe in the first word d.a pennybaker the film's writer director decided to punctuate the title this way because it was my attempt to simplify the language many sources however have assumed this to be typographical error and have corrected the title don't look back in the commentary track to the dvd release penny baker said that the title came from the satchel page quote don't look back something might be gaining on you and that dylan shared this view huh penny baker has stated the famous subterranean homesick blues music video that is shown at the beginning of the film was actually shot at the very end of the filming penny baker decided during editing to place it at the beginning of the film as as a stage for dylan to begin the film yeah because like i've said before bob dylan is this character so he's going to open this show the way he wants to you know um the reception has been very well received by critics. Okay, who cares? I think at the end of the day, like I've said, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Now, don't play these documentary podcasts for the kids or anyone because, you know, like I said, with the documentaries, these are gritty. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say fuck the critics. And you have to say that because you need to make the interpretation for yourself if you want to watch this or not. If you want to listen to it. I've always said to film, friends of mine and filmmakers, you know, when we, when we make make something it's not to please you it's because we wanted to make it i'm a writer i write poetry i don't write it to show other people i write it because i have to get it out of me just like bob dylan that's why i'm gonna get a little verklempt a little choked up that's why i love bob dylan is because he can write it he's not gonna go revisit it why did i write write that you know you're not gonna self-analyze yourself oh my god um you know i write things and then i don't look at it again i wrote i write it because good if someone else likes it okay you know but i wrote it because i had to get it out of myself and that's what bob dylan does but at the same time like i said he's playing he's playing this audience you know um and that's good he you know he's got him he's got him where he wants him um um all right so don't look back bob dylan 
You know, Patty Smith has talked about it. Martin Scorsese has talked about it. Everyone in their chicken has talked about this documentary. This is a legendary documentary. You want to know the man? First you watch Don't Look Back, and then you watch... Um, no Direction Home, the 2015-2005 documentary, more like four hours, done by Martin Scorsese, okay? So, at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, this is Documentary December. We're going to dive into these documentaries. I'm recording them at a fast pace because, you know what? It, I, I'm taking I'm taking Prince's um, ethos. You know, Prince would record things and then just put them out when he felt like it. And so, that's what I'm doing. I'm recording these day and night um you know they what i what i try to do is originally with the series you know i record something before midnight but because i already put something out today after midnight that's when you're gonna get it you know because uh, that's uh but at the same time like i said i always i always have things backed up that i'm gonna release so with bob dylan I mean, there, there really isn't much more to say. Like I said, he, he's written books. He's written biographies. But if you really want to know the man, you got to see him on screen. You got to see how he reacts to people, how he receives people, okay? You know, when, you, when someone does what he does, you know, and you've got that merry band of stalkers, you know, and people overanalyzing what you do, yeah. It's like, okay, because, you know, I'll listen to one of his songs and it means something totally different to me than it would a critic or a historian. And, um, you know, that's that's Bob Dylan in a nutshell. And, and a lot of this, though, if you notice the erratic behavior in this documentary, he was doing drugs at that time, okay? And it's research that I did in preparing for this, you know, and... Who's going to call him out on that? We're not going to call him out on that. That's his moment. You know what? That's none of our business. That's his business. When these performers do that, okay, you know, um, and this, you know, sadly, it is tolerated. And you look at the record industry, they really don't care as long as you pump out those albums, as long as, as, long as you pump them out. But I think at this point, Bob Dylan seems to be in a very good place. He's these, uh, this elder statesman. He's about to turn 80 next year. I don't, think, I don't even think he thought he'd live this long. But he's still making albums. He's still making albums. He's still out there. He's still doing what he wants to do. And, you know, no holds barred. That's Don't Look Back. D.A. Pennybaker. D.A. Pennybaker, you know, did the Monterey Pop Festival. Um I don't know. He didn't do Gimme Danger, Gimme Shelter. Um, the uh, the two brothers who did um, Great Gardens did Gimme Shelter. But D.A. Penny, D.A. Pinnerbaker is a really great documentarian. And that's what I want to stress with this series. This is why I'm doing the documentaries is because you learn something about these artists that you didn't know, you know, or if you're not a Bob Dylan fan, maybe you'll become a Bob Dylan fan. You'll be like, oh, you know, I like that subterranean homesick blues or when he's singing, it's all over now, baby blue, you know, um, and he's singing that to Joan Baez. And so as always, unpleasant dreams. Mm -hmm. 